Thank you. Amen. Um, we've been doing a series on 2 Timothy, a letter that Paul wrote to Timothy while Timothy was, a, he was a young pastor, pastoring a church in um, Ephesus. And uh, Paul wrote this letter to Timothy from a prison cell in Rome. And uh, Paul was imparting into Timothy all that Paul learned. And uh, can I ask you guys to please come and sit in the front? Thank you. Um, and so Paul was encouraging and teaching Timothy. Timothy was Paul's protege. And he was encouraging him to be watchful and to be a good gospel teacher, good teacher of the Word of God. And he was teaching him how to run with the gospel. Amen. So we've titled the series. This is a seven-week series. We've titled it um, Run With The Gospel. And uh, we are into week five today. And, uh, but I just want to pick up from last week. And last week, I spoke on uh, the marks of a good runner. Now, before that, we had, I started the series to stir your holy calling. Um, and then Joseph talked about unashamed gospel. And Dan talked about the title. I completely missed that title, Dan. I forgot. What was it again? Okay. So, uh, and um, um, so then the fourth one was on the, the marks of a good runner. We were talking about running because, you know, to run we need the strength. And I believe today, as believers, we need the strength of God. Amen. Amen. We need God's strength. Somehow we fell, we fell in this trap of performance. Somehow we fell in the trap of um, doing Christianity in our abilities and in our strength. We cannot live a life that will glorify God in our strength. We need God's strength. Amen. So as we talk about run with the gospel, and I want to say we need the Holy Ghost to come and reveal His Word that's in our hearts. And the, when the Word comes alive, it energizes us, it refreshes us, and it helps us to overcome because God wants us to be an overcomer. Amen. I actually have a scripture that I will read uh, to you now. It's in 1 John chapter 5, verse 4. It says, For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. Amen. Now you and I, if you know Christ, you are born of God. The imperishable seed and the word of God lives in you. So because you're born of the, with, the, with the word of God, you are overcomers in this world. And this, this is the victory that has overcome the world. That is what? Our faith. Our faith in Christ. Our faith in His Word. Our faith in the infallible Word of God. Amen. Seasons change. His Word never changes. So last week I talked about the mark of good gospel runners. And I had four points. Number one was stay away from distractions and destructions. You are not to be distracted when you're running. Amen. When you're distracted, not only you, 
can hurt yourself, but you can hurt others when you're running. Oh, oh, motorbike race, if one guy falls, then there are three or four motorbikes that fall. Because when you're distracted, not that they are, but when you're distracted, it won't even just hurt you and limit you and can hinder you catastrophically can hinder you in your destiny in Christ, but sometimes we can be part of destruction and distraction, and not only us, but we can also impact other people. So Paul is saying, be careful. Number two, I was talking on, be a useful runner. Amen. Why are we running? What are we running for? We had three people um, of our family members, of our church family members that died in one day. I had the privilege to take um, the funeral of Margaret Pello, which is Trina's uh, mother-in-law's funeral. And I was thinking quietly in my mind of that scripture that Job says in Job chapter 1 verse 21, Naked I come from my mother's womb, naked I return. It is the Lord who gave, it is the Lord who took. Amen. When she's, now she's in the presence of the Lord dancing. And I got to say, it was the most fun funeral. Seriously, it was amazing. Margaret was 98. And uh, it was a really a fun funeral. When I said this to uh, Ross, who is Trina's husband, I said, Ross, it was a fun funeral. He said, we should do it again. <laughs> and I said, all right, who are we going to sort out? <laughs> It was a fun funeral. Seriously. Why? Because we have a blessed hope in Jesus. Amen. And so, um, you know, we'll be talking. So run with, um, run with a clean heart and run with, I want to read that in 2 um, Timothy chapter 2, verse 20 and 22. I want to just remind us today. In a wealthy home, some utensils are made of gold and silver, and some are made of wood and clay. The expensive utensils are used for, for special occasions, and the cheap ones are for everyday use. Verse 21, it says, if you keep yourselves pure, that's the key here, if you keep yourselves pure, you will be a special Gospel runner, honorable for honorable use. Isn't that cool? We are to be, keep ourselves pure. Amen. And it, then verse 22 says, run away from anything that is distracting and destructive, the youthful lust, and run into pure, pursue righteous living, faithfulness, love, peace. Amen. So that was the background, and last point I shared was, number four was, stay the course, stay the course, stay the course. Let me tell you, as you keep your eyes on God, now for Tom and Lisa, the miracle took 12 years. That is a reminder for us, stay the course. He who began a good work in you, who began it? You didn't begin your good work. Christ began the good work. Christ breathed life in you when you were a bub. And he who began a good work in you, he, Jesus Christ, the one true living God, with whom all things are possible, he is faithful to complete it. Amen. Amen. Not us. It's Christ. So don't fight your life in your own strength. Don't try to accumulate wealth. What are we running for? Why are we running after things instead of run after the one who provides everything? Amen. What is the point in owning all these things? The Bible says, what profits a man to gain the whole world and lose his own soul? 
What profits a man? What profits you to have a millions of dollars in your account but not have a family around you? What profits you to work hard and make money and when you are in your 50s, you end up in hospital with a triple bypass? What profits a man to gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Amen. So today I want to talk about the pitfalls of a gospel runner. The pitfalls of a gospel runner. So God, as we break open your word, as Paul cautions Timothy, as we break open your word, Holy Spirit, would you breathe your word? Quicken your word in our spirits. Make it a rhema word of God that will quicken our spirit. And Lord, that we will be strong runners in Jesus Christ. Amen. So I want to pick today from 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1 to 9. And I want to read it, read it this morning. You can follow it on the screen. It says, but now this, I'm sorry, but know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come. I've got my notes wrong. I'll read it from here. All right, I'm oh, just sorry about that. All right, here we are. Okay, verse 1. Okay, but know this, that in the last days, um, perilous times will come. For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemous, disobe disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power. And from such people turn away. For of this sort of those who creep into the household and make captives of gullible women loaded with sins, led away by various lusts, always learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Now as Janus and Jembrus, it's like a clothing brand, you know, in the mall. Janus and Jembrus resisted Moses, so do these also resist truth, men of corrupt minds, disapproved concerning the faith, but they will progress no further, for their folly will be manifest to all as there also was. Amen. So Paul is really listing some stuff here, and he is cautioning, um, what's his name, Timothy, and he's saying, Timothy, be careful. Be careful that you don't fall in the trap of these things. Be careful that you don't fall in the trap of ungodly people who are around you. And so 
I want to break this quickly today. I don't have points, but I just want to build it around the one point, which is uh, the pitfalls of a gospel runner. Amen. So we look here, um, and, and in verse 1, it says, know this. And so the question I had was, know what? Know this. Know what? Know the word of God. No, be careful when you run that you know what, where you're running, what the rules are. Amen. Because if you don't know the rules and you're running, you're disqualified. So know this. Be, Paul is cautioning Timothy, know this. That in the last days, perilous times will come. Testings will come. Trials will come. And then he lists out the stuff. And so know this. Can I pause there and go to Hosea chapter 4 verse 6. Hosea chapter 4 verse 6. It says, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. If you know the word of God, you will be strong. Amen. Get to know God. Read the word. I often say, your opinions don't matter to God. What matters is my obedience. Amen. Am I obeying God to his word? So my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Today a lot of Christians have lost the strong walk in the Lord because they don't read the word. You're quiet. You can agree with me. Read the, they don't have time to read the word because they're busy. And I was saying get stronger together. If you're running late, skip your shower, but please spend time reading the word. I was joking, but what I'm trying to say is, please give importance to God's word. Because my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Knowledge is not head knowledge. Knowledge is a revelation of God's word. Amen. So Paul is cautioning all those 18 characteristics. From verse 2 to verse 4, there are 18 characteristics in there. That's a lot. And I was trying to identify which ones did I either fall in or I've continued to fall in or I have overcome. And I'm sure you can identify out of the 18 characteristics because I've certainly disobeyed my parents. I have. And I'm sure most of you have too. So what Paul was saying is that in these things, he's saying he's preparing us instead of us being paralyzed, be prepared for the last days. Amen. Be prepared for the last days and don't be paralyzed thinking, oh my gosh, what's going to happen to this world? There are two points that Paul was actually talking through this entire uh, nine verses. Number one, I've put this together. Number one is religious appearance without character. Religious appearance without character. Watch out for that. Number two, religious words without content. That means we can look holy, but uh, do we have the character? When the rubber hits the road, what comes out of our mouth? Don't quote the scripture, because even the devil can quote the scripture. Don't quote the scripture. Are we living the scripture? So, religious appearance without character, religious words without content. Watch out for those. Verse 2, I'll read that again. For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, 
proud, blasphemous, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than, than lovers of God. So it's significant when I was reading this, I was thinking, because I just did a study with um, the Stronger Together, we were talking about church, the bride of Christ. And we looked at Revelations chapter 2 and 3 and 4, but the seven churches and the first church that Jesus is giving a revelation to Paul, um, John, and he's saying to the church at Ephesus, you've kept every command I've given you. You've been very, very good with all the right things, but the problem with you, church at Ephesus, is you've lost your first love. You've lost your first love. You don't love me the way you used to love me. You will talk Christian stuff. You will do Christian things. But you're not, love, you're not loving me. You've got the principles of Christ but not the person of Christ. There's a big difference there. So these 18 characteristics, they're staggering. And Paul was cautioning Timothy to stay away from these people who are negatively impacting the church. These people who love these 18 characteristics, they love these things above God. So what are we to do when we know these things? What are we to do when we know these things? When you know these things... Run away from them. Stay away from them. When you know, it, our human nature is, it's, it, every one of us, you know, we say, don't do it. And we will go there and say, why shouldn't I do that? We look closer and we dabble a little bit. It's like, why shouldn't I do that? My dad said, don't do it, but I want to know why. And then what happens, sin is like that. Sin will then, I say this, sin doesn't leap on us, sin creeps on us. Sin will touch your big toe and in a month's time it's touching your head. That means you're immersed in sin. So watch out for these things. When you learn what to, be, uh, what to stay away from, stay away from these things. These 19 things, stay away from them. Verse 5, he says here in verse 5, having the form of godliness but denying its power and from such people turn away. That means you, we, there's a, a form of godliness, a very pretentious form of godliness, very Christian-y, but they deny the power. Now I've got, I wanted to, uh, sure, I've got two rings. I wish we could zoom on this and you, you can see on the screen. But I've got two rings here. Now, they both look very much alike. One is around three or five hundred dollars. And another ring is very cheap. They both look good. If you can look at them closer, you're welcome to. Uh, later on, but they'll both look good. And if I ask you to come and closer and say how much each one of these costs, you would say, "Oh, one looks expensive. The other—I mean, they both look expensive. Maybe a thousand dollars, maybe." But you see, they both look the same. They both meet the same purpose, but one is a fake. When you put it under test, 
one shows its value, and the value of one ring, which is this one here, it's two dollars. It's literally two dollars. And this ring here, I, I know it's a small one, but um, this ring here, it's about three or five hundred dollars. Now they both look the same, but one is literally two dollars. So if you want, if you're planning to get married. I actually, I actually wear this $2 ring. I lost three of my wedding bands because I'm a fiddler. I fiddle, I lost my wedding bands, so I got sick of it, so I now buy $2 rings. I literally do. I put a $2 ring on my finger. The main thing is I love my wife, I married her, and it reminds me that I am in covenant with her. That's all it that matters. All right? And so, but this one here, that's the expensive one that I borrowed. Okay, just to show you an illustration. So I think Christians, we all look alike at times, but when the tough times come, are you the $2 ring or ah, is Christ truly in you? Are you the precious vessel, the precious utensil that Paul was writing in chapter 2? Or are you going to run away? What is it going to be? So, having the, a form of godliness but denying its power and from such people turn away. Paul listed these 18 characteristics and then he lists this 19th one that is the form of godliness but missing out on power. They had the appearance but they lost the power of God. People who only have an outward semblance of Piety towards God and not the inward reality. People have the outward piety but no inward reality of the word of God. You know, we, uh, uh, we talk about this, that our root determines our fruit. Amen. If your root is healthy, your fruit is healthy. If your root is rotten, your fruit is rotten we are all the bible says are known by our what fruit nobody admires the root and go I, I always look for the fruit not for the root right but i tell you the root is the heart the bible says guard your heart out of it flows what issues of life you could be staunch just not going to lift your hand or you can jump up and down like a kangaroo in church. That's all okay. But what matters is the heart. If your heart is right, then your walk is right. My speech is right. Amen. So we've got to have not just the outward um, semblance of piety, but an inward reality of the power of the word of God. Amen. So Paul is cautioning Timothy and I think Paul is cautioning you and I today. I was talking to somebody. He said, hey, you can come to church. You can come and go or you have a choice. Instead of come and go, you can come and grow. A lot of people come and go. But God is saying come and grow. Attending church is not an activity. Attending church is a command from God. Amen. 
So it's not a social activity. It is a command from God. How come from the 50th day of Jesus' resurrection, when the church was born, many organizations have come and gone, but church continues to progress and move forward? Why? Because it's a plan of God. Amen. So your root determines your fruit. Amen. Awesome. So... As we look at this, what Paul is saying is stay away from such hypocrites. Timothy was asked to turn away from hypocritical people. And um, I've got some scriptures here that I want to show on the screen. Romans chapter 16 verse 17. This is Paul writing to the church at Rome. He's saying, now I urge you brethren, note those who cause division and offenses. Contrary to the doctrine which you learn and avoid them. Avoid people who are causing division and offense. Avoid them. Stay away from them. 1 Corinthians 5.11 says, I meant that you are not to associate with anyone who claims to be a believer, yet indulges in sexual sin, or is greedy, or worships idols, or is abusive, or is a drunkard, or cheats people. Don't even eat with such people. These are some heavy words. These are some heavy words. Who do you associate with? Amen. These are some heavy words from Paul to the church at Corinth. Now in John... To John 10, he says, if anyone comes to me, sorry, if anyone comes to your meeting and does not teach the truth about Jesus, don't invite that person into your home or give any kind of encouragement. I went to a meeting recently, we had a guy, there was a guy from the UK and he was preaching, I attended the meeting and he was saying, follow me, follow me. He had his Instagram up there, he said, follow me, follow me, follow me. And something really irked in me and I go, no, we shouldn't follow you, we should follow Christ. And there are some of our young people started following him on Instagram and I followed them and I said, defollow him, or sorry, unfollow him. I said, unfollow him. There is only one man we follow and his name is Jesus Christ. We don't follow people, we follow Jesus. We are a family of God. Nobody should follow me. That's why I often said, don't lead people to yourself. When you're counseling people, when you're praying people, don't lead them to yourself. Lead them to Christ. Because when you disappoint them, they will be very upset with you. And you will be a stumbling block. Lead them to God. Get to know the word of God. Eat the word of God. Eat the word of God. Eat it. Exercise it. Don't eat like greedy. Oh, I need the word, 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 word. No, 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 no. Eat it. Exercise it. Eat it. Exercise it. Eat it. Exercise it. Then you will be strong. Amen. So stay away from these kind of people. So how is this power denied? Denial of God's power is plainly evident in, in people who think God is dead or God is silent or God has forgotten me. Can I say God is not dead? Amen. God is not dead. He is alive. You know that song, God's not dead. And yeah, He is alive. God is not silent. 
Yes, you may not hear him right now, but he is working. He is working. Their weeping was 12 years. Now for Tom and Lisa, it was a 12 year of silence. It was a hard 12 years of silence. It was a hard 12 year of silence, but the Lord did not forget them. The Lord did not take his eye off them. They may felt like God has left them. God never left them. God will never leave you nor forsake you. He started the work and he is faithful to finish it. Amen. I want to read the scripture that Dan mentioned last week or two weeks ago. I want to read this to us. Let me just find it. This is Paul quoting this. He says, for, for, for this is the faithful saying, for if we died with him, we shall also live with him. If we endure, we shall also reign with him. If we deny him, he will also deny us. If we are faithless, I love this part, if we are faithless, he remains faithful. God needs a praise right now. He remains faithful. He remains faithful. Your weeping may endure till the night, but joy comes in the morning. You may say, when God, when? When God, when? When God, when? When is my miracle? God is not interested in giving you a timetable. God is interested in my obedience. God is interested in my willingness. God is interested in me keeping my eyes on Him. Because the nature of God, the Bible says that when I am not faithful, He is faithful because He cannot deny Himself. That's our God. That's our Jesus. That is the Lord we serve. That is a God you serve. You've got to be excited about that. You've got to be excited about that. If you feel God has denied you or he forgotten you, can I tell you, no, He has not forgotten you. When you give up, He will not give up on you. God won't give up on you. So, Peter Piramello says, please don't give up on God. When you give up on God, you're missing out on what God has for you. They'll teach the lessons because you miss out. What could be an 11-day journey can turn into a 40-year journey if we turn our backs on God. Amen. So, that's how. How do we receive this power? By Falling in love daily with Jesus Christ. Daily. Daily fall in love with Him. Every day. Do you wake up in the morning and say, God, I thank you. I can see the sun today. That you didn't decide to wipe me off the earth when in my sleep. I thank you. Lord, teach me to love you more today. Teach me to give me a fresh revelation of your love. And let me abide in the presence of God. Obeying his word. Living with the person of Jesus Christ. Amen. Because he's very close to you and I. He's very close to you and I. The word of God is not just an author who wrote the book and he died. No. 
The author of the Bible is with us right now. He's right here. And he said, God, I don't understand this. What do you mean by that? The Bible says that the Holy Spirit teaches us those secrets. Learn from the Word. Learn from God. So Paul is teaching Timothy, buddy, Tim, Tam, Tim Tam, learn, be careful. Verse 6 says, For this sort are those who creep into the households and make captives of gullible women, loaded down with sin, led away with various lusts. There were weak women that Paul was addressing there. Weak-willed, and I, I can relate, if we are weak-willed, we are an easy talk, target to the devil. Amen. I am ready, I will say this, I will run the race. I will run the race. If I die, praise God. If my prayers are not answered, praise God. If my prayers are answered, praise God. If I live, praise God. In all things, give thanks to God. It is the will of God. Our faith should not be designed by results. God, I'm not going to serve you because you didn't answer my prayer. No. Serve Him. Love Him. Stick with Him. See the power of God manifest. You know where the power comes from? From the person, the presence. When the person of Christ is dwelling in us, the presence of God brings the power. When Paul said, Lord, remove this from me, this thorn in the flesh, it's a real pain in the backside. Remove it. And God said, no, my son. My grace is sufficient for you. Can I tell us as Christians, you and I are not to be people that play God in other people's lives. Never play God in other people's lives. Let me teach that brother suffering so he gets a bit of God. No, you're doing it out of, out of a manipulative heart. I've learned that as a parent, I can punish my kids out of a manipulative heart and I go, oh, watch out. You are not to test people to see their character. Only God. Don't be hard on people just because you can to see whether you want to teach them a lesson. Who made you God? Who made you God? You are nothing but a speck of dust in the sight of God. Be very careful. Don't play God. Don't be weak-willed. Loaded down with sin. Swayed by every, by various lusts, enticing doctrines, desires, and feelings. Always learning. These women always learned. They were curious without application. I have a lot of friends who learn so much Bible. I was saying, 
They've got a lot of degrees in the Bible. They're amazing theologians, but they're only good to sit on a desk, at a desk, and read and write. That's it. But when, you, when God puts tests on them, they crumble. So you're always learning, but never applying. Can I say, let us be people that are learning and applying. Don't just quote the scriptures. Application. But not just gaining understanding of the truth. Understanding the truth comes through application. And application brings revelation. Application is the hard part. And that's the hard part. I don't want to forgive you. But I'm called to forgive you. God's not Indian to negotiate. Hey, if you forgive him for $29.5 only... $29 for you only? No, God is not Indian to negotiate. He commanded because he's your God. Don't live in grudge. Don't live in unforgiveness. Don't live in sin. Don't hold people to ransom. Live free. Live free. Live free. When Rami's mom died, she went happy. Free. There's a legacy. When Ross's mom died, she went happy. Legacy. When Amanda's mom, dad died, he went instantly like that. He left a legacy. Amanda said, he's a saint. Isn't that nice? I want, to, I want my daughter to say that I'm a saint. I'll pay you for it. <laughs> Buy your lollipop. All right, verse 8. We're getting close. Verse 8. Now, Janus and Jambres resisted Moses, so do they also resist the truth. Men of corrupted minds disapproved causing the faith, but they will progress, verse 9, no further, for their folly will be manifested to all as theirs also was. Now, Janus and Jambres were the music musicians, magicians that when in Exodus chapter 7 their names are not mentioned there but they were the ones that when Moses and Aaron were throwing the staff down and the staff turned into snake so these magicians were also turning their staffs into snakes so they were copying they were trying to again bring a two dollar fake godly form and Paul is cautioning, hey, be careful because those that only try to copy and imitate God but they don't have a character, watch out for those people. Watch out for those people. Watch out for those people. Because to be honest, anyone can preach. What happens is can you live? Can you walk? That's the challenge. Can I walk? That's the challenge. So he's saying, watch out for these people who can pretend like God. I personally have seen um, some healings that the devil has performed. Naturally with my eyes, I've seen. And how some, because I grew up in India, there are many religions. If you're losing and if you want one, come to India. You know, you get one religion, buy one, you get three for free. <laughs> but there are many religions. I've seen, I've seen in meetings, I've went into this, I caught curiosity. I wanted to know why do I believe what I believe? Why do you believe what you believe? It's a good question to ask. 
Why do you believe Jesus? Why do you follow Jesus? If you can't answer that, you need to really search your hearts. So he's saying these long-standing Jewish tradition, these people, these magicians, they can perform miracles, but be very careful. Today there are some Christian people who perform miracles, but they want you to follow them. That's how we, uh, what do you call, form cults. That's how we form cult. Don't follow people. Follow Jesus. But work together in a family of God. Does it make sense? Amen. Amen. So as I close this morning, as we conclude this this morning, I want to finish off with this scripture. And can I have the worship team? Please, and we're going to sing champion because I believe our Jesus is our champion. Amen. Our Jesus is our champion. I don't need to pretend like godly. The Bible, you know, I was talking to a couple on Friday night and, uh, and they were saying that to go to their church, you have to wear a suit and a tie and a skirt. You know, I mean, clothes are important. You have to wear clothes. But, um, you, you know, but, but, but I don't think... I don't think Jesus wants you to have a dress code uh, and if you don't wear the dress, it disapproves you. No, come as you are. When he died on the cross, he said it is finished. It's finished all tradition, all fake, phony, plastic Christian smiles, all your Christian-y jargon. Jargon. It's all done. I've got a lot of preachers right here. You know, it's all done. Happy birthday, Amanda. But they're all done, you know. They're all done. It's good. But I'm asking us, can we be authentic in Christ? Can we be authentic in Christ? Can I say, in my weakness, I am made strong. I cannot walk. I can't strong. I, st- I can't stand. I can't do this. I can't, Lord. I can't. But the Bible says... I can do all things with Christ. God sees your heart. God sees your pain. And sometimes we all go through that, God, I can't do this. But I pray that you would remind yourself, I can. Because my champion lives in me. My Christ lives in me. His grace is sufficient for me. I don't need to fake it. I don't need to have worldly standards mixed with godly standards. You are with me. You are my champion. Giants fall. And when I stand, shout, declare his word. God, I'm an overcomer. I'm an overcomer because you live in me. Can we stand to our feet? And as the worship teams get, teams get ready. If you find yourself tired and weary, your feet are giving in. 
You can't stand anymore. I'm talking metaphorically. You can't stand anymore. As we sing and declare this song, would you say, God, come alive in me. Strengthen me. Strengthen me. Strengthen my spirit. Strengthen my body. Strengthen my mind. For greater is He that's in me than he that's in the world. So now I lift my voice, I lift my hands and declare that you are my champion. You are my God. You are the King of kings. You are the Lord of lords. There is no one like you. I worship you. I exalt you. And I lift the name of Jesus high. Hallelujah.